Thank you, Dave, and sharing with us. We're, we're dealing with um, a continuance of Fresh Eyes Part 2. When we talk about fresh eyes, being able to, uh, to see something from a different perspective. Um, the disciples saw a storm. Jesus saw an opportunity. Whenever, whenever, you, whenever you're in something where you think it's bad, the Lord said, no. I got a different slant on it. Uh, Martha said, you should have been here. If you had not been here, then Lazarus wouldn't have died. And, uh, but Jesus wanted to give her some fresh eyes, so he continued the conversation. And, uh, and it makes it very clear that she said that, he said, well, well Lazarus, he uh, He's going to rise. He said, yeah, I know he'll rise. He'll, in the last day, he will. He said, no, 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 you, you don't understand. Let me give you some fresh eyes. <laughs> he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believe in me, yet though he, may, he die, you know, yet shall he live. Uh, do you believe that? He said, yes, Lord, I believe that. I'm going to look at you with fresh eyes. My brother's dead. You're here. You're going to do something different. As you go through the course of, of, this, of this week and all the challenges that you will be going through, God is saying, I know what you're going through, but I want you to look at it through fresh eyes. Don't look at it through what you see. Try to see it from what, what I see because I knew this was going to happen. Now, the moment that we start doing that, but see what the blockage is, there's some things in our lives that we have not cleaned up yet. Um, some of us, we, those of us who have glasses, you know, we, um, we have glasses, we can see better, but one of the reasons that it's sometimes rough is because we haven't cleaned it yet. Matter of fact, I should have done that before I brought it, came out of here. But, I mean, the whole idea is that, uh, you, know, th things look, you know, things look blurry, but it's not the glasses problem. You just, you just need to get some, uh, a cloth or whatever the, the uh, solution and just clean your glasses and you see through fresh eyes. And so, so our goal this morning then is to make sure that our life line up, that as we walk with the Lord, we, regardless of what the circumstances are, it may be bending all the shape around them, but you still maintain your peace. Better known as maintaining your cool. I remember a pastor a long time ago said, when I lose my cool, everybody lose their cool. He's about 90 years old now, and, uh, and uh, he did our wedding and everything else, and he said, he said, if I lose my cool, then everybody else said, and he's been cool. Ever since. I mean, the man, this, the man dressed cool. <laughs> <laughs> And he, and he says, I, 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 and, and every time, he, one of the things that he made very clear is that when, when people begin to praise him and everything else, he said, you know what? Praise the Lord. Well, thank you for the praise. But he'll just pass on and say, well, praise the Lord. After a while, I started, I started learning, okay, good. Now, now I understand. You're not, the one, you're not the one that's doing all that. It's God who's doing it through you. Oh, this morning, if, I, if you just say, Lord, help me to see with fresh eyes. 
Well, um, let's bow the word of prayer. Father, as we come this morning, as we approach your throne of grace, help us in our moments together. Look at this and begin to wrap this thing up about fresh eyes and how we should approach your word. Some things that we should do in our lives. We have, we have all the power through Christ who strengthened us. It's just that we need to be where we should be to make it happen. So thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints say, amen. Um, okay, it's something happened on the screen there. So check out what happened on that screen. We have a, okay. All right, so it's time to click there and uh, one of the screens will uh, kind of act up there. Okay, uh, let's deal with the review. Um, last week we reviewed uh, Joe Madden's whiteboard presentation to the Cubs. And in their spring training, the whole goal was to keep them focused and functional regardless of the setbacks. And he made a list, and I went over the list for you last week. And then one of the things that we went over the list about Joe, Joe Madden is about seven things that he, he, he told the Cubs in, in spring training. He says, this is what we do. You know, don't be looking at one game and you lost that game. Don't be been out of shape, you know. And one of the things that he said that really stuck with me, one of the points that he said was, do the small things well. Do what? What small things that in your life that you can really be good at? The Lord says, do it well. Do you know what really won that game? Oh, they the pitching and everything else, and the guys were working hard and everything. But when that guy at that last bat, and uh, and where that ball was, and 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 how how the guy caught the ball and tossing the ball, how many times he probably have done that? How many times? But he knew that once he had it, and get it off his hand, he says, "It's over. We won, not I won. We won." When you do small things well, not only do you win. All of us win in your life, in your decisions, everything you do, young folks, adults, everything you do, you're not losing alone. You, you win or you lose, and you bring us and affect us as a result of it. You're not a maverick here. Be good at the small things. Come out summa cum laude on the small things. I mean, let's just have your degree on the small things. Not the small things going around, okay? Our aim, my goal is to inform and encourage you to deliberately think and act from God's pattern for our daily walk. Examining the concept of a fresh eyes. Let's read it together. The God-given ability to look at life from his point of view and respond in a way that always please him. That always please him. As you look over the week, did you respond to every situation with an attitude of always pleasing God? There's some, there's some things, there's a little things, there are little things that happens, you know, like um, there's some keys, like, like little things with me. There's some keys, I have an order where, where keys go when, once I get home, there's, there's a place where keys are supposed to go. You know, like little doggies have little, you know, little okay keys here, where you, out of my pocket, here's where you're supposed to go, you know. And I go there, and the key's not there. And I said, okay, uh, the key's not there, you know. 
so now you start thinking all crazy, you know, as to, you start looking at crazy, you ever start looking at crazy places? And I had to stop myself, and I had to stop saying, stop it. I had to talk to myself, stop it, you know? Because, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a point where we need to just kind of uh, look at life and say, don't, because here's what it was doing. What I should have been doing in the spiritual realm and preparing and everything else, I'm looking for those dumb keys. And I'm all done. You can always make new keys. So stop it and get to work. You're wasting good time looking for those keys. And usually when you're not looking for it, you're slipping on it somewhere. You see? So, so Lord, help us to be focused in this area. I believe with all my heart that everything that happens in our life must be seen from God's filtering system or it will eventually shut us down spiritually, mentally, and physically. Everything you do, think, and say must operate from God's filtering system. Therefore, don't get bent out of shape if you haven't filtered it to God's word. And so when we, t- we talk about that, then Philippians help us with that. Let's read it together. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you have what? Learned, received, heard, and saw in me. What are you supposed to do? And the God of, and notice what it says, and the God of peace will be what? With you. Now, what, you, what I have a habit of doing is reading it backwards. I want the God of peace. I, how can I get the God of peace to really be with me? How can I have God's peace really running in my life? Say, so, well, then let's walk it backwards. Then what you have to do then, you have to, whatever you have learned and saw, well, what did I learn? That whatever is noble and pure and, and lovely and good report, says, I need to do that. That's my filtering system. If you haven't done that, you've been out of shape. See, when you find believers stressed out, it's very clear they have not obeyed the word, the word of God. Therefore, it's not a situation that that's bending them out. It's that they disobeyed God, and now they're in a situation, and, and they're handling it on their own. Thinking it through. In Romans 12, 9 through 21, the word of God gives us a list to live by, uh, instructions in maintaining fresh eyes. Now, the thing that we've gone over so far, here's what we have on our list to remember. Now, last week we talked about guard your personal walk with God. When I talk about this whole idea of guard your personal walk with, with God, um, I want to go back uh, to that as, um, so that we're right on, t- on target. It says, I beseech you therefore, brother in the seat. Verse 9, I'm sorry. Let love be without hypocrisy. Then abhor what is evil. I think the next thing is um, nurture nurture your godly relationship with others. In honoring, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, frequent in spirit, and serving God. Be committed to get, uh, get things done with a godly attitude. Whatever things you do, make sure that you do it uh, to glorify 
the Lord our Savior Jesus Christ. Making sure an important part of our daily walk with the Lord. Here's, we go to verse 13. Distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. Share with the needs of the saints. Whatever we have has been entrusted to us. Fresh eyes. Whatever you have in your pocket right now, God gave it to you. Okay? God gave it to you. That means that if God wants to use it to minister to others, um, then you are to make yourself available. So when you, you see this how about and share with the needs of, did it say the needs of the world? What did it say? The needs of the what? The needs of the who? The needs of the saints. The first place, place you start taking the, the needs of are the saints of God. So that the church is strengthened so the church can do the work. Sometimes we're so busy helping the world and the saints are suffering. And God said, no, make sure that the saints are okay that so that we collectively can do the ministry. So make sure that the saints, and if the saints are hurting, now I understand there are always people who try to be slick. There's all, always those who are trying to get over and want to just ride the wagon and want to get things free. This is not a free thing here where you um, munch on those who are free-hearted and they give. But that should not change how you should. Here's what it says, it says, share. Where's your heart? Share. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Uh, when we say given to hospitality, I don't know whether you run into homes uh, where, um, where uh, me, I'm dating myself, where homes where folks had drugs, where you had to take your, make sure you take your shoes off and, uh, you, you know, and things like that. And uh, I, was, I was invited and, uh, to a place, and uh, the guy was uh, stopped us at the door, and we had to take our shoes off, and the whole. Because why do you put white rugs down, you know? And you're coming from outside into the house, and your rugs are white, you know? And so, um, and so you have to take your shoes off and everything else. The house is not the warmest in the world, and so your feet are cold, and uh, you know, the food is bad. Your feet are cold, and. Uh, you know, <laughs> And you're still supposed to bless them in Jesus' name. But, you know, that's, it, 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 sometimes you run into those, those uh, situations. But, um, but given to hospitality, to make people feel at home, and that they don't stand in your house standing at the door at ease, you know, um, that they walk into to your home, they, they feel comfortable. You know, one of the things, one of the things my, uh, my desire is, because of who it is, my desire is that if a person comes through the door, that they're not put on guard because of the way people are looking at you, you know. Uh, and, I mean, you just feel, I mean, you already, you already knew, and then, and then it's, it's, it's how they, they, they look at you. Don't say anything to you. They just look at you and, uh, you know, uh, treat you like as if you're going to steal something or, you know, and you just feel uneasy. Hospitality. Remember, people are primary. Not, not, not positions and not the place. People are primary. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, always responding God in a God-honoring manner uh, to the hospitality, uh, uh, to the hostility in your life. 
always respond in our God honoring manner to the hostility in your life. That's that's the second point there. Notice what it says. Let's read it. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. <laughs> Uh, you know, the first tendency is that when, when somebody really gets on your last nerve, uh, do we, the believers supposed to have the last nerves? Uh, you know, I guess we have a class on that one of these days, you know. Is there, is there something, is there a spot where you become like a Popeye and you say, this is all I can stand and I can stand no more? Okay, now you're going to see the part of me that, that had not gotten saved yet. I mean, is that, is that a part, is that supposed to be a part of our vocabulary? Okay, uh, to the utmost, Jesus saved, okay? So, so then when it says, always respond in a God-honoring manner to the hostility in your life. Well, hostility, uh, many times, it shouldn't be inside of you. It should be happening around you. So how do you respond to that? Because you hear me over, uh, say over and over again, whatever it is happening around you should never define you. What people say to you should never define you. Sometimes I've walked into some very um, difficult situations. And so you've heard me say many times, we train people how to treat us. And, and sometimes I, um, I, I, I set the pace by saying, especially if it's believers uh, and they're looking at you weird and everything else, I make it very clear. If you know Jesus, I am your brother in the Lord, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and I'll always be your brother in the Lord. And I consider it a privilege to be with you this evening. Now, how they respond to me, I can't control that. That's, that's, that, that's their problem. I'm not there to be a, a doctor, psychiatrist, and all these other things. I mean, um, that's their problem. It's how we respond. How have you been responding to people who have come into your life? Remember the word that I put to you earlier this morning. Our job is to make it hard for people to go to hell. You know, if they want, if they want to go to hell, it's because they want to go to hell. Because they, uh, they, they don't want Jesus. They don't want nothing to do with the church. They just, they just want to. You are to be so kind and loving and forgiving. And guess who's supposed to love? Not our friends. Do you see anywhere in scripture it says love your friends? The Lord goes to the other extremes. What does it say? Love your what? <laughs> oh boy. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Control your emotion and, and physical response to the deliberate uh, hostility and intentionally bless the offenders. Can you imagine, um, I was trying to think back to one of the prophets who um, he, he made cause his whole army to be blinded and then walked him right back, you know, uh, back into Jerusalem. Uh, when he walked them back, he fed them and everything else and then opened their eyes. And the scripture says when they, when they opened the, the guy's eyes and they saw them being enemies, how these folks took care of them. He said, and the Bible says, and they never returned. The, they, these folks received them in, fed them, and let them go. That's not what you're supposed to do in war. It's amazing how you can get into a person's head when you're kind. 
You want to get on that person's last nerve? Be kind. Because <laughs> you can't see cause what's going on in their own, see, their own hostility is going on. And then they expect something so they can recall and validate that. See? So what do you do with a person who's kind? First, they realize you're not stupid. You're just calm, cool, calm, and collected. And you still say, you know, God bless you and have a great day. And they, they can't handle that. And the Lord says, clear eyes say this is how you handle a rough situation. Maintain a high sensitivity to those who are overwhelmed with the challenges of life. And now we, had, now we need to adjust, which our people are primary. Now we have to adjust to individuals who are overwhelmed. <laughs> they, don't, they haven't got the message, they haven't applied, and they are overwhelmed with their circumstances. And, it's, and, and notice what the scripture has to say. We, let's read it together. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be sensitive and genuinely connected to others. Do you know, it's, it's very easy to rejoice with some folks when they're rejoicing. But when you share their tears and what they're going through, that's what God wants in our hearts and in our lives. I want to challenge us to say, Lord, make me sensitive to the needs of others. To be in this, to be in this place, you have to get to know one another. Than just the name only. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Huh. They, they had a new child or they, uh, they, they bought a new home or uh, they have a health issue that had been, had been cleared up and we rejoice with. But you're struggling in, in when it comes down to your, in your relationship and struggling when it comes down uh, in other areas and um, and, and, and it's so overwhelming that you weep. And sometimes the best comfort for individuals is not just saying things all the time. Sometimes folks say, I wish you'd just shut up. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Joe was saying to his friends. He said, oh, if you just, if you guys just keep your mouth shut. So I'm, I'm, I'm hurting here, you know. And this, this thing going on with Joe went on for almost a whole year. You see, and so, so Job is, uh, no, he, he has this, one of them said that the disease was, and I'm not saying emphatically, but they called it elephantitis, and that's the, the skin and stuff breaking and everything, and can you imagine flies, and all, I mean, it was just, you know, it was rough, and then some of the, uh, the kids were throwing rocks at him and things uh, as, I don't know, while he was uh, there on the, the, the heap away from the people. Anyway, he was going through that cold during the night and during the day he would long for it, but, but dread what the children would do. And he was in misery. And then here come his miserable friends. And the only reason that they kept quiet because in, in the Eastern culture, you have to speak first before they can talk. So they waited. <laughs> and they waited until Job said something. They said, nah. Now we can say something. Now, I can imagine there's a Job, you know, <laughs> our experience is God only do that with the sinners. So I tell you what about this, confess your sins. No, we'll pray with you. Confess your sins and everything will be okay. Job said, I haven't sinned. Now, now it's pride, Job. Come on. 
cut the pride out. And Joseph, you are some miserable friends. So be sensitive and genuinely connected. Be committed to the oneness in our relationship with Christ. If you have a hard time, always go to, to the, the, what they call the default. At our oneness in Christ, you are my brother and sister in Christ. I'll never violate that. One thing I made it very clear as far as, um, I don't know if I made it very clear in this church, I've said it, but I made it very clear uh, in my family, I don't fight family. I don't fight family. In church, I don't fight church. That's not what I do. Number one, it takes my energy, you know. It's not what the Lord wanted me to do. He told me to love and not fight, fight the, uh, the, his, his, uh, his children. So I don't, I don't, it's not my position to fight you. And so I, I need to, if I find myself getting upset, I need to go to the default and understand, number one, we're both in Christ. There's something that cannot be resolved, but it needs to be resolved. Therefore, we ask Christ to step into it, but I will not act in the flesh. That's, I mean, that's the thing that makes the difference. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. It's amazing what happens when you get a little something, something. <laughs> See, when you know a little something, something, uh, all of a sudden it seems like you are above everybody else. No, you're not. You're same size. Brain is the same size. It's just that your thinking is twisted. It says, do not be, and notice now, you're in control of it. Don't be high-minded that God has given you the cognitive ability to be able to think, and somehow you think you're better than the person. No, you're not. No, you're not. So don't be high-minded, but associate with the humble. Because what happened, when the moment that you start getting high-minded, you don't associate with those folks anymore. It's only with these people I hang with. And, and I've, I've run into, the reason I said it, because I run into those type of groups, and I, I made a decision I need to back off of, see. Because bad company corrupts good morals. You would think that, boy, that's, that's what you do with, with sinners. Do you know among the saints, there are some saints, the way they think and the way they act, that does not please God at all. In a difficult situation, maintain control of your response. We're almost there. Re let's read it together. Pray no evil for evil. Have regard for the good things in the sight of all men. Do not initiate acts that operate outside of the will of God. Don't try to get even. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, please. God says, that is not a part of God's family. You don't get even. You pray, you adjust, but you don't get even. Never get in your mind to get even with individuals. Stay focused on those things that can spiritually edify you and those who are in the sphere of your influence. Stay focused. 
have regard for good things in the sight of all men. You've heard me say this before. Every time a person meet you, they set up a foul on you. You know that, don't you? Because <laughs> you, you have unknowingly have set up a foul on individuals. Okay, When you see that person, you pull up your foul. And here's some, some, some things you think about, you say about them, regardless of, even what they say, you know, they were saying about the leadership, and da, 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 but you already, you already have your foul. You just match your foul with what's been said, you see? Uh, but you already have your foul on individuals. And the Lord says, okay, now here's what I want you to do. I think it's very important to stay focused on the things that spiritually edify you and those who are in the sphere of your influence. Because what happens is, you influence other people how to act and think. So be careful. Um, when I was in the secular world and we were uh, working at Pioneer National Title Insurance and we were working in Allerton Heights, uh, we'd take the train there and a group of us would walk to uh, the place, the Pioneer uh, National Title. And, um, and in the group, no, every morning we'll meet and we'll, we'll talk and everything else. It was a habit that we'll get a little group, little walk group, walk to work group, you know. But the conversation was over and over. I'll have my Bible study on, on the train, but I always walk with that group from the train station to the job. The effect of what these folks had on me from the train station to the job, day after day after day, I had to catch myself. Because they had an effect. See, whoever you are around, you start having an effect on. I was around a pastor who was really, I mean, this guy really preached the word. I praise the Lord for him. But he always had these series where sometimes it would go, uh, sometimes it would go six months. He'd be uh, here on Job for six months. And um, he, got, he got to the point, and he hold you in such suspense, say, and we'll pick this up next month, next week, you know. And so he said, <clears throat> so he had to come back the next week. And, and, uh, but he had a habit of doing something like, th like this with the hair. And I was do this, I was doing this for years. Hair started coming out, a little part in it. <laughs> but, but you know what? I, I found myself, why? Because, you know, I... I, no, I liked him so. I, you, there's some people that you like. You start picking up the mannerism. There's some people you are uh, uh, are affiliated right now. They're watching what you're doing, and they're picking up your mannerism. My question is: Is God pleased with it? Is God pleased with it? Eighteen. If it's possible, as much as depend on you, live peacefully. With all, all men. It says, if it's possible, live peacefully. Now, there are some folks, um, that you always have the exceptions to the norm, but as far as you can say, just live peacefully with all men. That's your goal. Make sure you leave the consequences in God's hand. 19. But love, let's read it. Avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. The real test of our character is our response to those who have done us wrong. 
Fresh eyes will help us to understand that the Lord can use their acts of aggression to completely change their hearts and destiny. When we respond to individuals and we understand that God permitted those individuals to come into our lives, God can change those hard-headed people who are out to do us harm can change their life 100% to come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But God used you <laughs> to be pushed around in order for that to happen. You know, I don't think there will be too many volunteers. Well, Lord, use me to do that. <laughs> I don't think there will be too many volunteers in that area. So, therefore, God don't ask you to do your volunteer. He just throws you in there. Poop. <laughs> And he throws you in there, and he, and he calls these things to, to happen. And um, I remember one pastor was saying, my congregation gets on my last nerve, I quit. See, you quit. See, there's a difference with, with pastors. There's a difference between uh, occupation and vocation. Occupation, you go get a job, whatever job you want, you get a job, you work in, and some, it used to be, you, you get a gold watch if you used to be there so long, well, that doesn't work too long now, nowadays, but that's, that's occupation. Vocation is, you're called, you don't have a say-so, like a jury duty, or being drafted, you don't have a say-so, you better show up, okay? There are no, voc there are no vacations with a vocation, okay? Um, and we are called, we are called, it's a vocation. God has called us to do certain things with our lives. We don't have a say-so. Therefore, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So it's so important then to understand you are not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. You don't have any say-so. So God decides what he's going to put in your life, where he's going to put you, what the circumstances are, then he says, wherever it is, I'll be with you. Whatever storm, I'll be there. It'll never overwhelm you. It'll never wipe you out, and I'll get the glory. Meanwhile, the world's going to do what, what it does. The next step is 20. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, Feed him. What? If he's thirsty, give him a drink. What? <laughs> said, and, and, said, and then he gives the reason. See that word for? It says, here's the reason why. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire. Because that's not how enemies work. We are directed by the Lord. By loving our enemies, we do just the opposite of the agenda. So if he's hungry, feed him. Thirsty, give him something to drink. Don't only strengthen him to keep him bothering me. Give him something to eat. Give him something to drink. And leave the outcome to the Lord. It's almost like the farmer. The farmer, he digs up the ground. He plants the seed. And he do all of those things. But he does not grow the plant, does he? Lead the, product, lead the product to the Lord. Lead the outcome to the Lord. Don't try to second think God. 
Because the very person that changed their mind, it may be hundreds of people that look at that person's life. We don't see the big picture. We can't see it. Never become a failure where God has declared you a winner more than conquerors. And here's the last one, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but what? When you see this word, be not overcome by evil, that means you're capable of being overcome by evil. You're capable of being engulfed in anger or holding a grudge for a long time. How many of us have been, let me really honest, Lord, we know the Lord watching you. How many of you have had had some 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 pain, some hurts that you've been holding on to longer than you used to, you should have? Okay, let me make it a little wider thing. A long, let's say a long time ago, you used to hold on to things like that. Okay, <laughs> see, let me see how broad I made it. Okay, because see, what happens is this: the, the Lord is saying, "Do not be overcome, because although you have God the Father." God the Son who died for your sins and praying for you. God the Holy Spirit who has sealed you to the day of redemption and given you direction. Although you have all of those, it's still possible to be overcome. How? Because you let it happen. It didn't happen on the outside. You let it happen. It's important for it to be on, on target. So let's review our list real quickly. Ready? One. Got your personal walk with the Lord. Two, nurture your godly relationship with others. Three, be committed to getting things done with a godly attitude. Four, make sharing an important part of your daily walk with the Lord. Five, always respond in a God-honoring manner to the hostility in your life. Six, maintain a high sensitivity to those who are overwhelmed with the challenges of life. Seven, be committed to the oneness in our relationship with Christ. Eight, in a difficult situation, maintain control of your response. Eight, make sure that you leave the consequences in God's hand. That's so important. I know I have to run through it, but I think it's important for us to understand that. And, and with that one last thing, fresh eyes are the results of obeying God and being committed to making him look good. And as we close uh, this morning, um, I don't know how this week have gone. Um, might have been some real challenges here. And you um, using the other eyes, not fresh eyes. <laughs> you, you're, you're responding in the old you and not the new you. My, my, my prayer right now is that I would like to pray for you. And if you're that person, would you just simply say, hey, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. You're not standing for Don Rackett. You're standing for you. And my prayer is that God gives you fresh eyes, that you're able to keep your, put things straight because there are folks who are looking at your life and as they look at your life, uh, they are greatly affected by it. And then those who are looking at them are affected by it. Just, 
it's, it's, it's the ripple effect. It's the ripple effect. Let's see there. Let's, let's bow to prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the saints of God. Help us, Lord, to understand we don't have a choice. When we know Christ, we always filter everything through your will and your way. Help us understand we're not home yet. What these folks call pleasure and great joy and everything else is child's play to what you have for us. Help us understand we are pilgrims in this world, not citizens. But help us, Lord, to be sensitive and an extension of your hand in the lives of others. Lord, I pray for those who are standing and recognizing that some adjustments need to be made in their lives. You know exactly what it is. I pray for that, Lord, so that others may see it and others may be affected by it and you may be, um, your, you, your heart will be blessed by the results of it. Satan will be defended. A testimony will be, um, be the results of it. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for their honesty with you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. If we'll all stand, we'll sing our last song together. Lead me, guide me along the way. <laughs>